Greetings, friends. It's October 29th, and this is the One Year Bible Tour Guide podcast, where we read through the Bible each day with the goal of completing it in a year. We are 82% of the way through our journey reading through the entire 66 books of Scripture. My name is David McAdam, pastor and Bible teacher at New Life Community Church in Concord, Massachusetts, and I'm happy to serve as your host. We are starting two new books of the Bible today, the Book of Lamentations in the Old Testament and Paul's letter to Philemon in the New. After each reading, I will highlight observations that will help you see how these books fit in with the overarching story of redemption. Lamentations is a collection of five dirge poems. We have read about the utter ruin resulting from the siege warfare and Babylonian invasion of Jerusalem, the destruction of the temple, and the burning of the homes. Tradition ascribes these lamentations to Jeremiah, although the text remains anonymous. Let's begin with verse 1 of chapter 1. The first two poems have 22 verses, with each verse beginning with a different letter of the Hebrew alphabet in sequential order. Lamentations chapter 1 How Lonely Sits the City How lonely sits the city that was full of people! How like a widow has she become! she who was great among the nations. She who was a princess among the provinces has become a slave. She weeps bitterly in the night with tears on her cheeks. Among all her lovers she has none to comfort her. All her friends have dealt treacherously with her. They have become her enemies. Judah has gone into exile because of affliction and hard servitude. She dwells now among the nations, but finds no resting place. Her pursuers have all overtaken her in the midst of her distress. The roads to Zion mourn, for none come to the festival. All her gates are desolate, her priests groan. Her virgins have been afflicted, and she herself suffers bitterly. Her foes have become the head, her enemies prosper, because the Lord has afflicted her for the multitude of her transgressions. Her children have gone away, captives before the foe. From the daughter of Zion all her majesty has departed. Her princes have become like deer that find no pasture. They fled without strength before the pursuer. Jerusalem remembers in the days of her affliction and wandering all the precious things that were hers from days of old. When her people fell into the hand of the foe and there was none to help her, her foes gloated over her. They mocked at her downfall. Jerusalem sinned grievously, therefore she became filthy. All who honored her despise her, for they have seen her nakedness. She herself groans and turns her face away. Her uncleanness was in her skirts. She took no thought of her future, therefore her fall is terrible. She has no comforter. O Lord, behold my affliction, for the enemy has triumphed. The enemy has stretched out his hands over all her precious things, for she has seen the nations enter her sanctuary, those whom you forbade to enter your congregation. All her people groan as they search for bread. They trade their treasures for food to revive their strength. Look, O Lord, and see, for I am despised. Is it nothing to you, all who pass by? Look and see, if there is any sorrow like my sorrow, which has brought me up, which the Lord inflicted on the day of his fierce anger. From on high he sent fire into my bones, he made it descend, he spread a net for my feet, he turned me back, he has left me stunned, faint, 
all the day long. My transgressions were bound into a yoke. By his hand they were fastened together. They were set upon my neck. He has caused my strength to fail. The Lord gave me into the hands of those whom I cannot withstand. The Lord rejected all my mighty men in my midst. He summoned an assembly against me to crush my young men. The Lord has trodden as in a winepress the virgin daughter of Judah. For these things I weep, my eyes flow with tears, for a comforter is far from me, one to revive my spirit. My children are desolate, for the enemy has prevailed. Zion stretches out her hands, but there is none to comfort her. The Lord has commanded against Jacob that his neighbors should be his foes. Jerusalem has become a filthy thing among them. The Lord is in the right, for I have rebelled against his word. But hear, all you peoples, and see my suffering. My young women and my young men have gone into captivity. I called to my lovers, but they deceived me. My priests and elders perished in the city, while they sought food to revive their strength. Look, O Lord, for I am in distress. My stomach churns. My heart is wrung within me, because I have been very rebellious. In the street the sword bereaves. In the house it is like death. They heard my groaning, yet there is no one to comfort me. All my enemies have heard of my trouble. They are glad that you have done it. You have brought the day you announced. Now let them be as I am. Let all their evil doing come before you, and deal with them as you have dealt with me, because of all my transgressions. For my groans are many, and my heart is faint. Chapter 2 The Lord Has Destroyed Without Pity How the Lord in His anger has set the daughter of Zion under a cloud. He has cast down from heaven to earth the splendor of Israel. He has not remembered His footstool in the day of His anger. The Lord has swallowed up without mercy all the habitations of Jacob. In his wrath he has broken down the strongholds of the daughter of Judah. He has brought down to the ground in dishonor the kingdom and its rulers. He has cut down in fierce anger all the might of Israel. He has withdrawn from them his right hand in the face of the enemy. He has burned like a flaming fire in Jacob, consuming all around. He has bent his bow like an enemy, with his right hand set like a foe and he has killed all who were delightful in our eyes. In the tent of the daughter of Zion he has poured out his fury like fire. The Lord has become like an enemy. He has swallowed up Israel. He has swallowed up all its palaces. He has laid in ruins its strongholds, and he has multiplied in the daughter of Judah mourning and lamentation. He has laid waste his booth like a garden, laid in ruins his meeting place, the Lord has made Zion forget festival and Sabbath, and in his fierce indignation has spurned king and priest. The Lord has scorned his altar, disowned his sanctuary. He has delivered into the hand of the enemy the walls of her palaces. They raised a clamor in the house of the Lord as on the day of festival. The Lord determined to lay in ruins the wall of the daughter of Zion. He stretched out the measuring line. He did not restrain his hand from destroying. He caused rampart and wall to lament. They languished together. Her gates have sunk into the ground. He has ruined and broken her bars. Her king and princes are among the nations. 
the law is no more, and her prophets find no vision from the Lord. The elders of the daughter of Zion sit on the ground in silence. They have thrown dust on their heads and put on sackcloth. The young women of Jerusalem have bowed their heads to the ground. My eyes are spent with weeping, my stomach churns, my bile is poured out to the ground because of the destruction of the daughter of my people, because infants and babies faint in the streets of the city. They cry to their mothers, Where is bread and wine? As they faint like a wounded man in the streets of the city, as their life is poured out on their mother's bosom. What can I say for you? To what compare you, O daughter of Jerusalem? What can I liken to you, that I may comfort you, O virgin daughter of Zion? For your ruin is vast as the sea, who can heal you? Your prophets have seen for you false and deceptive visions. They have not exposed your iniquity to restore your fortunes, but have seen for you oracles that are false and misleading. All who pass along the way clap their hands at you. They hiss and wag their heads at the daughter of Jerusalem. Is this the city that was called the perfection of beauty, the joy of all the earth? All your enemies rail against you. They hiss, they gnash their teeth, they cry, We have swallowed her. Ah, this is the day we longed for. Now we have it, we see it. The Lord has done what He purposed. He has carried out His word, which He commanded long ago. He has thrown down without pity. He has made the enemy rejoice over you and exalted the might of your foes. Their heart cried to the Lord, O wall of the daughter of Zion, let tears stream down like a torrent day and night. Give yourself no rest, your eyes no respite. Arise, cry out in the night. At the beginning of the night watches. Pour out your heart like water before the presence of the Lord. Lift your hands to Him for the lives of your children who faint for hunger at the head of every street. Look, O Lord, and see, with whom have you dealt thus? Should women eat the fruit of their womb, the children of their tender care? Should priest and prophet be killed in the sanctuary of the Lord? In the dust of the streets lie the young and the old. My young women and my young men have fallen by the sword. You have killed them in the day of your anger, slaughtering without pity. You summoned as if to a festival day my terrors on every side, and on the day of the anger of the Lord no one escaped or survived. Those whom I held and raised my enemy destroyed. And this concludes today's portion from the Old Testament, from the Book of Lamentations. And now to highlight some observations. The first words of chapters 1, 2, and 4 are, How? It is a word of astonishing grief. The question is asked, How did this happen? How widespread is this disaster? How long will we bear this judgment? How lonely sits the city that was once full of people? Lamentations chapter 1, verse 1. How the Lord has covered the daughter of Zion with a cloud of his anger. Chapter 2, verse 1. How dark the gold has become. How the pure gold has changed. The sacred stones are poured out at the corner of every street. Chapter 4, verse 1. 
So today we start reading the book of Lamentations. It is hardly the most popular book in the Bible, but it contains an essential component, an expression of grief over sin and its consequence. We are given a picture of the wrath of God against sin and the necessary chastening that God gives His own with the intention of restoring them to fellowship. The book is made up of five lament poems of 22 verses each concerning the fall of Jerusalem. Each verse in chapters 1, 2, and 4 begins with the successive letter of the Hebrew alphabet. Chapter 3 does the same, but is three times longer, having three verses beginning with each letter instead of one. The final chapter abandons that ordered style. Each poem expresses pain and sorrow over the fall of Jerusalem and the failure of God's people to follow His ways. They also express an acceptance of God's punishment for their disobedience to His word. The Book of Lamentations is one of the five megalot, that is, scrolls, read on the ninth day of Av Tish Ba'av, a day of mourning that takes place in August, commemorating the destruction of Jerusalem and Solomon's temple. Throughout history, there have been poems that have lamented the spiritual malaise and damage that have come upon the people of God. These are songs of sorrow, written by an anonymous author, lamenting the destruction of Jerusalem. The city has been destroyed, the temple burned, the articles confiscated, and the people taken captive to Babylon. Once again, Jeremiah is the weeping prophet. He weeps because God has rejected his people due to their rebellion. He weeps because they did not repent and turn to God when called to do so, but stubbornly continued in their sin. The first verses, verses 1 through 11a, are written from a vantage point of the onlooker. Verses 11b to 22 are written from the vantage point of the city personified. See, O Lord, and look, for I am despised. Is it nothing to all you who pass this way? Look and see if there is any pain like my pain, which was severely dealt out to me, which the Lord inflicted on the day of his fierce anger. Lamentations chapter 1, verse 11b. Now let's move on to our reading from the New Testament. We will start and finish Paul's letter to Philemon. Philemon chapter 1, verses 1 through 25. Paul, a prisoner for Christ Jesus, and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our beloved fellow worker, and Aphia, our sister, and Archippus, our fellow soldier, and the church in your house. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God always when I remember you in my prayers, because I hear of your love and of the faith that you have toward the Lord Jesus and for all the saints, and I pray that the sharing of your faith may become effective for the full knowledge of every good thing that is in us for the sake of Christ. For I have derived much joy and comfort from your love, my brother, because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed through you. Accordingly, though I am bold enough in Christ to command you to do what is required, yet for love's sake I prefer to appeal to you. I, Paul, an old man and now a prisoner also for Christ Jesus, I appeal to you for my child Onesimus, whose father I became in my imprisonment. Formerly he was useless to you, but now he is indeed useful to you and to me. I am sending him back to you, 
sending my very heart. I would have been glad to keep him with me in order that he might serve me on your behalf during my imprisonment for the gospel. But I preferred to do nothing without your consent in order that your goodness might not be by compulsion but of your own accord. For this perhaps is why he was parted from you for a while, that you might have him back forever, no longer as a bond-servant, but more than a bond-servant, as a beloved brother, especially to me, but how much more to you, both in the flesh and in the Lord. So if you consider me your partner, receive him as you would receive me. If he has wronged you at all, or owes you anything, charge that to my account. I, Paul, write this with my own hand, I will repay it, to say nothing of your owing me even your own self. Yes, brother, I want some benefit from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. Confident of your obedience, I write to you, knowing that you will do even more than I say. At the same time, prepare a guest room for me, for I am hoping that through your prayers I will be graciously given to you. Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, sends greetings to you, and so do Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, and Luke, my fellow workers. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. And this concludes our reading from the New Testament, and this concludes Paul's letter to Philemon. Philemon's runaway slave, Onesimus, the name means useful, has been converted in Rome and become a trusted friend of the Apostle Paul. Paul wants Onesimus to return to his master Philemon in Colossae and put things right. In this letter, Paul appeals to Philemon, asking him to receive Onesimus as he would receive the Apostle Paul himself and put any debt that Onesimus may owe him on Paul's own account. Notice Paul's prayer request. He reminds Philemon that the fellowship he has with the Lord must now be extended towards the repentant Onesimus, who is now an in-Christ one. He challenges Philemon to live out the gospel and to forgive Onesimus as he has been forgiven by the Lord. Onesimus, literally meaning useful, may have proved to be useless to Philemon in the past, but now as a new creation he has proved himself to be true to his name, useful to the Apostle Paul and would surely be useful to Philemon. I appeal to you for my child Onesimus, whom I have begotten in my imprisonment, who formerly was useless to you, but now is useful both to you and to me. If then you regard me a partner, accept him as you would me. But if he has wronged you in any way, or owes you anything, charge that to my account. I, Paul, am writing this with my own hand, I will repay it, not to mention to you that you owe to me even your own self as well. Now let's go to our next stop in our Bible reading tour, the book of Psalms, Psalm 101, verses 1 through 8. I will walk with integrity, a psalm of David. I will sing of steadfast love and justice. To you, O Lord, I will make music. I will ponder the way that is blameless. Oh, when will you come to me? I will walk with integrity of heart within my house. I will not set before my eyes anything that is worthless. I hate the work of those who fall away. It shall not cling to me. A perverse heart shall be far from me. 
I will know nothing of evil. Whoever slanders his neighbor secretly, I will destroy. Whoever has a haughty look and an arrogant heart, I will not endure. I will look with favor on the faithful in the land, that they may dwell with me. He who walks in the way that is blameless shall minister to me. No one who practices deceit shall dwell in my house. No one who utters lies shall continue before my eyes. Morning by morning I will destroy all the wicked in the land, cutting off all the evildoers from the city of the Lord. And this is the end of our reading from the book of Psalms. Psalm 101 is a psalm of a ruler attributed to David. Verses 1 through 4 record the ruler's decisions concerning himself. I like his resolve. I will set no worthless thing before my eyes. I hate the work of those who fall away. It shall not fasten its grip on me. Psalm 101, verse 3. One paraphrase version says, I will not look upon anything vile or vulgar. Psalm 101, verse 4. A perverse heart shall depart from me. I will know no evil. The second section, verses 5 through 8, record his decisions concerning the administration of his kingdom. Whom will he have serve with him in his administration? He will not tolerate the slanderous or the haughty. He will look upon the faithful of the land and those whose walk is blameless. Choose good companions. Now let's go to our final stop in our Bible reading tour today, the book of Proverbs, chapter 26, verse 20. For lack of wood, the fire goes out, and where there is no whisperer, contention quiets down. Don't feed the gossip fire. Don't even listen to it. Stop it. Ask the person who is speaking about another. If they have gone to that person they are talking about in a spirit of meekness to speak directly to them. Ask if you can quote them to the one he or she is gossiping about. Put out the fire of gossip before it damages many relationships. Now let's go before the Lord in the light of what He has shown us in His Word. Lord, there are times we lament for the condition of our own hearts and the spiritual declension and moral decay of our society. We confess our failures to walk in Your ways and ask that You would cleanse us from our sin and renew a right spirit in us. Cause us to walk in Your statutes with obedient hearts. May we extend to others the love, the grace, the forgiveness, and the truth that we have received. In Jesus' name, Amen. We've heard the heart cries of the prophet and the psalmist and the apostle Paul. All of them acknowledge God's righteousness and His redemptive mercy. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to write us at podcast at newlife.org. And if you'd like to receive a written copy of each day's commentary on the Bible reading portion, you can subscribe at newlife.org. We are also reminding our listeners that tickets are on sale if you're in the Boston area and would like to see our musical theater production based on John Bunyan's classic allegory, The Pilgrim's Progress. Tickets are now on sale if you're in the Boston area for performances that are beginning December 9th. Once again, the website is newlifefinearts.org. My prayer is that you will be walking in the light of God's Word today 
and submitting to every form of grace that he has given to promote your conformity to Christ and fruitfulness in the ministry of his life. Shalom.